welcome to season one, episode five of Angel Talk, uh, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Race Rowan. I am joined by Bryn Johnson. Say hello to everyone, Bryn. Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, that was much better than the first three times we tried to do that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have we'll have outtakes. We'll have a whole oh outtakes gosh. episode a later. A blooper on. reel. Yeah, we'll have a blooper yeah. reel later. Uh, today, we don't have any guests, but we are going to talk about something maybe a little bit more fun uh, to think about, and that is fun ways to actually remember your angel, uh, incorporating family, uh, it may be things that happened historically with your, with your children. Um, just some different things that Bryn, uh, experienced, um, in remembering, uh, her angel Rowan, and then maybe some of the things that, that, uh, you can do to honor, uh, the life of, of the child who has passed. And so well, we're going to kind of, we're going to dive into that. We're also going to have another sissy sign, which is really cool. Those, those, those are really neat. Uh, and then we we keep wanting to empower you to make sure that you that you keep your eyes open and keep your antenna up to looking around the world for your own sissy signs. Uh, why don't we just dive right into it with the question? I would love what, to. What do you think? Yeah. All right. So uh, first of all, um, fun ways of honoring your angel almost sometimes maybe se- seems antithetical. You're you're remembering. Uh, you're remembering a child who's passed away, which is inherently tough and sad and hard to do. But um, are there fun ways? Are there ways that you have discovered that really actually still bring sort of a sense of, of joy uh, into remembering Rowan? Yeah. Um, I have done so many different things mm-hmm. with this as a outlet per se to, I guess, kind of relieve some of my pain that I'm feeling or a way to honor her or feel close to her. Um, But most recently, and what I've kind of started as a tradition that I love to do and that I look forward to now every year is an angel tree for Christmas. And um, I started that, I want to say, two years after she passed because I was not ready to do that for Mm -hmm. the first couple of years. I did not even want to celebrate Christmas. So I think it's really where you're at in your journey, what you can handle. But for me now, I really love to do my angel tree. Yeah, that's cool. So throughout the year, you know, I collect things that I can put on the angel tree. Obviously your angel wings or feathers. Um, I usually do like some rose gold and glitter and, you know, it's over the top and it's beautiful. I do just yeah. a white flocked tree, but I also, we make handmade ornaments here at Race for Rowan for our angel families. That's right. So usually every year I have one for Rowan and I add those to my tree as well. So I have little Rowan ornaments That's all over cool. the tree. Yeah. And that is something that I've kind of made a tradition where I have multiple trees in my home because I'm that Christmas lady that nice. likes that. And the kids have their own tree where they put all the, you know, all the school ornaments that they make and all the the gaudy things, you know, that they can make their tree be whatever they want. Yeah over the top, but then I always have my own special sissy yeah. tree. Yeah. Do you go natural tree or artificial tree? Well, we do it all. Okay. So it's a <laughs> mixture. Well, let me share another bit. Okay. So that is what I do for myself per se. Yeah. Um, but we actually always get a real tree and we go together as a family and we actually go to the same uh, venue where we held her celebration of life is actually a oh, tree wow. farm as well. That's cool. So it's this big, beautiful barn venue and they have a tree farm and me and the kids and my husband pick out a little tree for Rowan and we take it to her graveside. And then I usually take the kids to just like Walmart or the dollar store or wherever they want. And we pick out just some, you know, affordable, but 
ornaments that remind them of their sister. Yeah. And so we do that at her graveside. And um, that's kind of my way of letting the kids do their own sissy tree. Yeah. And obviously, I know she's not like at her grave. Like right. I know where she is and she's yeah. still with me every day in my heart, but yeah. I want her graveside to look beautiful. So we do our own little tree out there and the kids yeah. can help. And um, just those little things where I try to incorporate the kids to remember her as well and do their own special things for her. So my daughter Monroe picked out these pink unicorn ornaments with sparkles and she's like, Oh, Rowan would love these. <laughs> and so she put those on the tree and then, um, I bought the other two kids some cute little deers with scarves. And so we picked out Rowan her own as well. Cool. And it was like a pink cool. deer with a scarf on yeah. it. And yeah. So we get her new stuff every year. And it's kind of our way of just keeping her in our holiday spirit and yeah. our new little traditions. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that's just one example. We got, we're going to talk about way more. But the first one you kind of hinted at, first question I have, you kind of hinted at the beginning. And that is uh, the sense of timing. So um, is there a good time to start thinking about fun ways to honor your angel? And what I mean by that is, is it too hard in the beginning to maybe think about, is that too much pressure to put on yourself to think about ways to start honoring your angel? So what, what would you get in terms of a sense of timing? Yeah, and that's tricky to answer because I do feel like everybody grieves so differently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it might be, fine to be starting to think about that for some people in the very, very beginning. Yeah. And it might not be okay for others. You know, other people might want to just tune it out and not even think about those things. So I think you find what works for you and what you're ready for. Um, it was definitely a lot harder for me to think about those things in the beginning, but I was already obviously thinking about ways to keep her memory alive from the very beginning. I think you just add more and more year after year um, just little things because I don't, for me personally, Rowan's never left my mind. So, you know, you're living your day-to-day life and you're going to work and you're going to the gym or you're going to take kids to school and run errands, but you're still, you know, your child is still on your mind the whole time. So, you know, even when I go to Fred Meyer, for example, to get my groceries, that used to be, you know, Rowan would go with me to get groceries every time I would go. And so, you know, there's just certain things that are like a trigger where I remember her and yeah, um, I'll go smell the candles and I'll think of her every time I met Fred Meyer smelling candles because that's what we would do. I'd yeah, go down yeah. the candle aisle, we'd smell candles together. She would like it or she wouldn't. And so, I mean, I think they're always on your mind and I think you just embrace what you're ready to do. Yeah. 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 Um, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about some of the ways once you're ready uh, to honor your angel. So you, you hit on a really neat uh, Christmas one, which I think is spectacular. Uh, what are some of the other things that you uh, have done to honor Rowan or to remember Rowan? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This list could go on for days and days yeah, and days. Yeah, but it could. Um, I do think the holidays are an easy way to always incorporate something because you're already doing something. If you have other children, you're usually doing something for them. So, you know, for Easter... For example, you know, you're making Easter baskets for your kids. Um, I still, I may not make her her own Easter basket anymore, but I still get like little goodies that I take out to her cemetery. Mm -hmm. Or I will get something for all three kids that is like affiliated with the holiday that they can do a craft and we can take out to the cemetery. So like I got um, 
little wooden birdhouses one year. And um, I got one for Wyatt and I got one for Monroe. And I, you know, I was like, well, let's decorate these and we can decorate them for Rowan and we'll hang them on her, the tree that's uh, at her cemetery. And so we do crafts like that to honor her. And I kind of just try to incorporate something for her every single holiday um, that will either remind me of her or something that I think she would be into now. And um, actually one thing that, not just one, another thing that always reminded me of Rowan is we garden together. So she oh, was, wow. yeah, she loved to be outdoors and I love to be outdoors. So we would garden together. That was our thing in the summer. And um, I have vivid memories of her picking the, the um, blackberries off the blackberry bushes and eating yeah. them and helping me in the dirt. And she loved it just as much as I did. And I couldn't right away do this, but um, after about a year, I was like, you know, I want like a little garden area that's like mem- memorable for her. Yeah. That like the kids can play in and I can go out and just kind of pull weeds if I want to and feel close to her. And, right. And thankfully I had some really great family members all come together and they put together this beautiful uh, memorial garden for her. And it's at my home and it looks terrible right now. I can't quite keep up with it all the time, right, right. but you know, on a nice sunny day, it is, there is nothing better than just turning off the cell phone and saying, Hey kids, let's go outside. And they have, you know, like a tree house out there that they can play in. And yeah. I just go pull weeds in the garden. And it's so therapeutic because I'm at that time kind of reminiscing of me and Rowan together gardening and just, I guess, being in the nature yeah. and you're yeah. kind of just I feel with her at yeah. that time. Well, that's cool. So, and the kids laughter in the background. I mean, that is so therapeutic. There's nothing better than yeah. to hear yeah. my other kids like playing and running around and laughing. And um, so I think there's so many different things you can do, but um, I try to do as many as I can. Yeah. And I think that you're hitting on something really important and that is it has to be personal to you. So it has mm-hmm. to be something that you felt connected to uh, your angel with and keep doing something like that because then that'll always keep you close to them. Yeah. Really what speaks to you and what your um, child or significant other was into. And, you know, obviously when they pass away at a really early age, you know, if they're an infant or something, you may not know because they didn't really have a lot of life to live yet. So I can see where that would be hard if they passed at a really young age to think, well, how am I going to to know but I think you just start to feel things in your heart. So mm. if you start to feel things in your heart, um, like I actually kind of talk to Rowan um, out loud, really. And just if I'm even shopping, I'll be like, what would you be into now? Yeah. Um, and I'll see something and it'll kind of just feel right. Like yeah. flamingos or unicorns right, or whatever, right, right, you know, right. like yeah. you kind of just imagine that and, you know, um, run with it. Yeah. Cool. You, you also hit on another thing that I think is really interesting because we have so many uh, so many angel families that didn't just have the one angel. They have two or three who are alive and on earth and, and still still operating and they're human beings and, and they're dealing with their own feelings. How do you, what's a good way that you found yourself incorporating uh, um, Rowan's uh, brother and sister? And then how, like maybe some recommendations you have for folks 
for also including siblings in 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 the in the process. Yeah, that really can be hard because a fear that started to overcome for me was I don't want every time we go to see Sissy at the cemetery it to be so sad because, you know, for years we would go there and I couldn't control my emotions. You know, I'd be sobbing. And um, it, I thought it was important to be real and open with my children about it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I didn't want them to start dreading going to the right, cemetery. Right. So it was really hard for me to control those emotions. Um, so I actually started carving out time for myself to go without my kids and go to the cemetery and see her and be emotional and break down and do whatever you need to do. Um, and now we're to a place where we can go there as a family and me and my husband can try to make it fun. And that sounds silly to be like, oh, it's so fun to go to the cemetery because it really isn't. Right, right. But we always wanted to make it a comfortable place for our kids to go with us to, mm-hmm. um, you know, leave their sister goodies or treats and flowers. And we didn't want them to just see mommy and daddy sobbing. So we really have tried to make it more of a fun thing. So that's why I did start incorporating like crafts for them to do for her as well. Awesome. So like crafts that we can do at home um, in honor of their sister that we can take to the cemetery and leave because they think that's fun. Yeah. And they actually um, don't mind going to the cemetery and they do. I do think they actually enjoy it in a way. Um, It's a really peaceful place and they run around and they giggle and they laugh and um What's really ironic is there's a few other children buried nearby. Oh, wow. One of them actually happens to be one of our angels that we've helped with Race for Rowan. Yeah. So now when we go as a family, we actually visit all the children in the cemetery, like oh, in wow. that area where um, Rowan's buried. So there's um, actually three other children buried nearby. Wow. So we kind of visit them all, make our rounds. Yeah. And um, my youngest, who's four, you know, she never met Rowan here on earth. I do believe they have their own relationship. It sounds like they do. They definitely, I feel like share a deep connection, um, which I love, but she talks about her all the time. Like they're best friends. Yeah. They've, you know, never met, but I, I love it. But she, I think she loves to visit the other little angel graves too. And she'll, um, uh, call one of them a princess because she always has pretty stuff on her. Oh, really? At her site, you know, girly things. And so she'll, Oh, let's go visit the princess, yeah. and um, she thinks of her as an angel princess. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty sweet to it. It's sad that that's their normal and their reality that they have to be so aware of death at such a young age. But I'm glad that they're not uncomfortable with it because if yeah. it is their reality, I'd rather have it be um, comfortable. Like that in that setting, they can go and still run around and laugh and visit all the other children that have passed and bring them treats. And um, we just try to make it as positive, positive as we can. Yeah. I mean, that's another, that's another interesting one. How, how important do you think it is to be, and we're going to get into this. We are going to have a podcast that is about uh, a siblings dealing with uh, the death of their brother and sister. But um, how important is it to bring some of the real elements into it for kids? Like, this really did happen. You, you had a sister and you no longer have a sister. It, it, there has to be some honesty in that process, right? The, ki- the the children have to be able to process that, don't you think? Yeah, and it's, you know, when 
when Rowan passed away, Wyatt was four. And I think that, well, I don't even think, I know and I witnessed that kids bounce back much quicker typically than adults do. So I think he was so young that he didn't fully really understand. He just knew, well, where does he go? Um, And over the last five years, we've never actually had a discussion with like the details of the day. Um, even though he was there, he was in the vehicle with um, uh, his uh, with his little friend. Um, so there were two other, you know, there were two kids in the car. I don't know if they block it out or if it's just something we, you know, he doesn't ask about. Like he obviously has seen more than most kids need to see, right? And especially like with two grieving parents that are just doing the best to like be strong for him and. Um, but there has been uh, roller coaster times where I notice that he's really grieving. And when I start to see that in him, I definitely make the effort to sit down and say, you know, buddy, what's on your mind? Like, I can tell you're not yourself or, yeah. you know, you've been a little more emotional lately. Yeah. And he will talk about his sister. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, he will. And I think kids have triggers just like adults. So um, when he lost a classmate and a friend, um, just this last year, it was rocked our town. I mean, again, just everybody's brokenhearted and mourning the loss of this. Um, but I really think it also, not only the loss of a friend for him as an eight-year-old boy, but it also stemmed up and drummed up those feelings of the loss of his sister. And how do you deal with that as a child? Because we can't even deal with it as adults. Right. Correctly, you know, we are just going yeah. through the motions. We don't know what's right or wrong. We're doing the best we can. But I think of it as, oh my gosh, like we're struggling. But how does an eight-year-old handle that? No kidding. Let alone that eight-year-old that passed in his class. You know, she also had siblings that are here, and it's just hard because you you really just want to do the best you can to comfort these children at this time. Because yeah. I think that sometimes they get overlooked because everybody's providing support for the parents. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's easy to overlook the children. So, yeah. Um, incorporating them into your process though, I think mm-hmm. is a really good way of, of helping them deal with their own emotions. They see that their mom and dad, uh, are not untouchable. They are going through the same sort of things and it really, it, it has the potential to bring everybody together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think it's important to be real um, to an extent, you know, I obviously have tried to compose myself as much as possible around my kids, but you know, there's sometimes where it's just not controllable. Yeah. And in those moments, I just am honest with them and say, you know, mommy is really just missing Rowan and I'm having a hard day. Yeah. And when, like I see my son having a hard day, I always tell him it's okay to have hard days yeah. and you can talk to me about it when you're having a hard day, yeah. just like I can talk to you about it when I'm having a hard day. Yeah. So I kind of try to look at it as that, like if he sees me being able to say, Hey buddy, mom's having a hard day. I want him to be able to come to me and say the same thing. Gives him the freedom of having hard days. Yeah. And, um, obviously we try to be as happy as we can for yeah. our kids and be strong and show them that too. But I also think it's important to show them that it's okay to be vulnerable right. and have a big heart and show your feelings too. Yep. So I don't think there's any right answer. I think you're a parent and you just do the best you can. Yeah. Um, and I think every kid handles emotions differently, but 
I can say that it is so hard to watch children grieve for the loss of a sibling or or a classmate. You know, it's all so sad. So I think they look up to their parents. What do we do? How do we handle this? And you just do the best you can. Okay, so uh, we did this a couple weeks ago. We did this for episode one, um, and we're going to do it again. Uh, the sissy sign. Um, now, you uh, you explained it in episode one, but it's been a few episodes, so why don't you uh, explain to everybody what the sissy sign is and then give us one of uh, the good ones that you recognized recently. Awesome. So a sissy sign to me is, you know, when you really feel like your loved one from the other side is trying to send you any kind of comfort or a sign that's just saying like, here, I'm here with you now. And it's like, you can't even deny it. You're covered in goosebumps and you just know without a doubt they're there with you. So my most recent one was uh, just actually a few days ago. And I love getting my sissy signs, but I can say that uh, the longer it's been since Rowan has passed, I don't get as many as I used to. And as time has went on, I just don't get as many. Um, so when I do now, I get super excited. Yeah. Um, but my most recent one was just a few days ago. I had scheduled family photos and, um, preparing for family photos, you know, you're picking out what the kids are going to wear to coordinate colors and, you know, who's, they got to look cute. Monroe's hair's got to be perfect. You know, we based the photos off of what my daughter was wearing because, yeah, you know, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, <laughs> with that, I always, I, I always have that like feeling in my heart that I'm like, gosh, I feel like we need to include Rowan, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's, she's still my daughter. She's still here, and I want her to be in these photos. But like, how do you incorporate her into these photos? Um, and I've done different things over the years. But I, uh, this time, was, like, kind of stumped. I'm like, what do I do? I don't want it to be like I'm just holding her picture or anything super obvious. I wanted a special something for her, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So I'd thought about it for a whole day, came up with nothing. And then the next day, um, the day of our photos, I was getting ready, and a white little puffy feather was sitting right in front of my bathroom vanity where I was going to go do my makeup. Yeah. And feathers are one of my signs from her. I've Uh always gotten them from the very beginning after she passed. And it was literally like my symbolic aha moment of, well, duh, why don't I include white feathers from Sissy? Yeah. So that's what we did. It was just kind of like my aha where I knew Sissy was like, mom, feathers. And I really felt like her saying that to me. So That's really cool. So what we did was I gathered all the white feathers that I'd collected from, you know, months around the house uh-huh. i have like containers of them because i get so many you, you you keep them all i keep them yeah. yeah if i find a feather even out and about like anywhere yeah. i put it in my pocket and i take it home well, that and is put awesome it something yeah so we took all of our feathers and then we all held them in our hands and um the photographer took pictures of us you know blowing them into the air and my daughter throwing them up and playing with them and it was super uh significant for me Maybe other people might not understand, but for me, I'm like, well, that is our way of including Rowan in our family photos. So that's awesome, and that is the nature of a sissy sign, though. It is, it's almost exclusive a little bit to you. That's yeah. the whole point of it. Yeah, I, I really felt like I was searching, like, what do I do? What do I do? And it was Rowan saying, "Mom, a white puffy feather." Yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It was fun. Getting back to um, 
different ways to remember uh, to remember your angel. We talked about how important it is to include uh, siblings. Talk a little bit about how important it is to include your spouse or significant other if you can. Now, everybody's circumstances are different, so that might not be something you're able to do. But if that is something where the two of you are together and you're struggling through this together, or maybe even separate from time to time because walls can be built a little bit, um, how do you take the effort to include your spouse? Yeah, well, I can say what works for me doesn't work for him. So we are <laughs> totally different, <Okay. laughs> totally different grievers. Yeah. Um, but what I can say is he's been a really good support over the years of things that maybe were important to me that he didn't feel a lot of, you know, warm, fuzzy things about. He's like, oh, I'm just going to do it because it makes my wife feel better. And I've done the same for him. Yeah. So I think with grief and in marriage, it is really easy to get ripped apart. Mm. And I mean, you are obviously going to grieve in a different way. Right. Whether it's man versus woman or everybody just grieves different anyway, but it's really different when you're of the opposite sex. Yeah. And yeah, I just think men and women handle things differently, um, let alone person to person. So I think if you can find any common ground with your spouse to join forces on that common ground. Yeah. yeah. For me and my husband, our common ground is being in nature. Okay. So for us, I think we both feel the closest to her when we are outside, when we are like up in the hills, hiking, whatever it may be. And so I think we feel really good when we're doing those things together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we try to make out time to do those things together. Um, other than that, I don't think he cares about crafting birdhouses. Oh, no? No. And I don't think he, you know, I don't think he necessarily wants to decorate an angel tree. Sure, sure. Um, but you know what? He'll go get that angel tree down from the loft every year for yeah, me. Yeah. And he'll bring it down as soon as I ask. Yeah. Like, yeah. honey, I need my white flocked fake angel tree from the attic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here he goes and yeah. he gets it. Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's important to support one another in what works for them. So, okay, yeah. you know, my husband also, he's an outdoorsman. And like I said, he's into the nature and stuff, but he really loves to be up in the hills, even by himself, just the solitude. And um, I praise him to do that. Mm. Like, please go take your time. Yeah. Um, so I think if you, if you can't find common ground, Allow your significant other to do what works for them. Okay. And and it's really hard when you're suffering to like not judge that person because you maybe not understand like, mm-hmm. well, why why does that work for you? Because mm-hmm. um, we've been there where it's like he may not understand me and I may not understand him. Um, introvert, extrovert, you know, yeah. we're kind of polar opposites. Yeah. So it's a challenge. But what I've realized and I think what he's realized too is just support the other person and allow them to do what's working for them and come together on any common ground that you can. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk way more about uh, about um, how men and women grieve, uh, husbands and wives in particular. We're going to talk about all that in podcasts to come, but I think that's it's really important to talk a little bit about that here in this particular, uh, in this particular space because um, what might be fun for you may not necessarily be fun for your spouse, but as long as they're there supporting it, that's, I think that's a pretty important thing. Um, how about some things to avoid when honoring your angel? Is there anything that you, uh, any tips you'd give folks, um, 
uh, not to do? I think uh, this one, this is a hard question to answer, to be honest, but I think putting too many, like too much expectation out of what you're doing. So, Mm. I mean, and there's always going to be, I think, judgment from others. Okay. On how you might be handling something. Okay. And I think it's really important to not let that get to you. Huh. Because that can bring you down real quick. Yeah. I think if you're really feeling on your heart to do something special for your loved one, then you should do it. And I think if there's any kind of criticism that comes along with that, you have to just shut it out. And I think, um, I like, again, everybody does things differently, but I think that you should just follow your heart. And, you know, if you're going to do something, don't put a huge expectation on it. Like, oh, if it's not perfect, you know, they're not going to feel as loved or, you know, it's not exactly how I wanted it to turn out to be. Because I think from up above, like your angel's always watching you. That's yeah. what I tell my kids yeah. too. I, yeah. I always say when they're misbehaving, like, your sister's watching and so is God. So you better behave yeah. and Santa because you know, it's Christmas. <laughs> I've got lots Christmas of bribery tools around here. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I think of that myself is like for my own behavior, if I'm doing something to honor her, she's just knowing that I'm honoring her. She yeah. doesn't expect it to be perfect. She's just like, yes, mommy, I see you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, you know, think that when you're doing anything, like I just tell myself, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. You know, not every ornament on the angel tree has to be perfect and not yeah. not everything will go the way you planned it to be. But I know that Rowan knows like, hey, mommy's doing something for me right yeah. now. And yeah. I think that that's what makes me feel better. Yeah. Is that, I like that. Yeah. That's good. I mean, the, the idea of like really keeping in mind that it's the thought that counts. Do not put too much pressure on perfection. And for me, a huge one too is just... It's personal. It's for you to make yourself feel better, and it's for your angel to know that you're thinking of them. Yeah. It's not about what anybody else has to say. Yeah. Um, so I might look like a cuckoo pants doing certain <laughs> things. Like I know I I can be, you know, I've got flamingos in my office right now for Pete's sake. You do, you do. Um, but you know what? If it's something that brings joy in your heart to do for your loved one that's passed, yeah. do it. Yeah. And I think that that's all that matters. That is a great note to, to end on for this particular episode. Um, we are just going to give you a sense of the upcoming events. We only have the, we only, we have the really big one coming. The dinner and auction is only two uh, and a half months away. Uh, so make sure to get your tickets. The, leb- the website is live right now. You can get your tickets. You can also be a corporate sponsor if you're interested. You can partner with us in any number of ways to be a part of the dinner and auction and support the mission of Race for Rowan and uh, these podcasts and the services we provide. So that'll be on April 25th out at the Little Creek uh, Casino, the Skookum Event Center. Um, So get your tickets now. Um, We will be back next week talking uh, more about um, different uh, different things related to grief. So we really appreciate you uh, taking a listen to the show. Make sure to like the podcast. Make sure to give it a review and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you very much. Thank you.